Hey guys, John Faulkner here with Firearms Depot and Modern Half-Life. And today it is my pleasure to welcome John Dufresne of Kinetic Consulting. Uh, John and I have, have traveled in the same circle for quite a while. We always end up seeing each other at pretty much every event. That or you come to class. Right, or I come to classes. And uh, John always makes sure that he has classes like in the middle of summer in South Florida. Um, so if you're wondering what it's like to be on the sun and training, <laughs> just take a Kinetic Consulting class. So... Um, but no, it's listen. I, it's it's an honor to have you here, and uh, we have a lot of fun whenever whenever we're together. So, um, just wanted to talk about uh, everything that you have going on this year. You're one of those guys that's you're like a renaissance man. You're just like constantly just going and everywhere, and uh, reminds me of myself. Uh, John and I tried to compete on how many airline miles we're going to get this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I won last year. Yeah, I think so. So, but, um, but John, for the people that, that don't know you, give a little bit of background, what you are, where you came from, and uh, kind of some of the history behind Kinetic Consulting. Cool. Uh, well, I was uh, born and raised in South Florida. Um, from there, I went into the military, uh, spent a little bit of time there. When I got out of the military, um, I kind of started teaching before I left and uh, teaching like new guys and stuff like that. And then got into uh, the security world where I spent the, the bulk of my, my adulthood so far. And um, in the security world, and it wasn't like, you know, mall cop stuff. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, some of it was executive protection, but that stuff's really boring. Um, I got into like testing security systems, right? And like going out and, and seeing what I can get into or get away with. Uh, kind of like red teaming. Yeah, essentially yeah. red teaming. And um, and it was more physical security stuff. So it was a lot of fun uh, playing around with different things like that, uh, teaching surveillance and counter surveillance stuff. And then um, throughout that time, I actually uh, spent also going to college full time and then also uh, taught full time for um, myself, for <laughs> Sage Dynamics, and also for Frank Proctor and um and kind of bounced around teaching classes here and there and finally once i finished college i took it full-fledged and was like all right we're gonna do this full-time and and knock this out of the park so i started teaching more um throughout that entire time i had been testing equipment already for different companies and writing for a couple magazines writing for some digital magazines as well as paper ones um quite a few things quite a few things so now i do a lot of like consulting for some companies and then I also uh I shoot a lot so trying to trying to figure out ways to do things better in different ways and really try to counter or at least fight the stigmas that we have in this firearms industry about like different types of shooters or things like that it's like yeah it's it's all shooting so let's figure it out right yeah, we try to put we try to put everybody into like different buckets or mm-hmm. different categories, and then say they're only that thing, yeah. you know that that specific genre or whatever it might be, um, which is something that that I've always appreciated about you, you know, <laughs> like like whatever it is, John's like I'm up, let's do it, yeah. why not, you know, let's figure it out, um, and that was the one thing that that um, you know I was like that's that's how it should be. You know, there's so many people that are like, I specialize in this and they, and they just kind of like stop there. But yeah. to be able to, to actually expand is, is something that, that I've always appreciated, uh, about watching you. Well, I think it's also, it, it comes down to kind of how they're raised too. Um, 
in the unit I was in in the army, it was very like standardized and that never jived with me. So I always seek or always went out and seeking different information. Mm -hmm. So if we were learning about vehicles or driving or whatever, it was like, cool, let me go look at more driving stuff. Like what do professional drivers do? Like that's their job. Yeah. So when it came to shooting and I wanted to get better, um, it was, uh, I had a humbling experience to, to kind of start me off on that journey too. But it was, uh, one of those things that like, okay, well, like who are the best shooters, right? What, who, who are the guys that like go out and, and, uh, and push the limits, right? And cool that I found them in more of a USPSA nature or competitive nature and, uh, and started going to competitions, seeking information, going to classes. And uh, to this day, I still try to get to around 12 to 18 classes a year as a student. Yeah. So um, actually before this, I was on the phone with somebody about going to their class. And, um, and I, I really enjoy it. I love being a student. I like learning new things. So when, when I get the opportunity to, it gets, it gets to put me into that like student mindset, if you want to call it that, but just a seat at the table as yeah. a student. And I get to digest things differently than when I am a teacher. And then, um, and from there I get to understand what the students are thinking and what their, where their minds are at when they're learning new things, which helps me as a teacher in turn, right. do it better. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, there's, there's so many instructors that are out there. Like I try to tell people all the time, I try to train as much as I can, you know, with my hectic schedule, I schedule classes and the week before I'm like, just give it to somebody else. I can't make <laughs> it or whatever. Um, I try to tell people always ask me like, Oh, who should I train with? And I have a great list of people, but I, I, I always tell people like train with people who are still students. Mm -hmm. Like the day that the person that you're training with is like, I have nothing else to learn. Find, find a new instructor. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or look at like uh, I like to to tell people like vet your vet your instructors like you would like vetting a car right you, like most people don't go willy nilly to a car lot and be like that one right. it's red you know and and they'll buy that but the majority of people research that they're like okay what does this one have what does this one have what are the features what so if you think about it like if you took the time to go out and explore and and educate yourself on the in, the individual you're going to try and learn from because you're going to be receiving information from them that you may or may not get you killed yeah. kind of important. So, um, that's where I kind of look at it. I'm like, well, you know, I'll, let me see what this guy's about. Listen to podcasts like this, um, go and read some of the things they've written. If they've written anything, listen to them on like social media when they put up videos and like listen or read about what they're talking about. And, and what you get most of the time is a, a good picture of like what kind of person they are mm -hmm. to a certain extent and if they're going to bring value to you as as the person paying for it and then from there it's like okay cool let me go experience it now because with without experience you you get nothing everything's yeah. theory so what what i like to do at that point is like let me go let me go learn some stuff and then once you learn it though like this is one thing like post-class stuff right after you go to a class like people miss out on the the most important part wasn't going to a class it was all the data you receive from the class that you can implement in your own practice that people don't do. They don't put any of that into practice most of the time. They're like, all right, I'm just going to go to the next class and the next class. No, between classes, you should be practicing the things that you sucked at the yeah. most. You know, but it's it's a hard one to, to muster because people won't uh, be honest about what they suck at to themselves. You know, like well, we always want to we always want to keep doing the things we're good at. I'm so good at. I'm this. so good. Yeah. 
So it's it's hard. That, that was like when I, I took his red dot pistol class and he was like, man, you're shooting good. I was like, wait till we start moving. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll show you. I still need help. It was like the jolly uh, green giant. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, hey, stationary. I got it on lockdown. Yeah, you, you can make holes in I paper. Got, I got it on lockdown. <laughs> um, but no, you know, let's let's discuss your classes a little bit. Mm-hmm. You have a wide variety of classes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everything from flat range to, uh, and, and I will say, even if you ever take a, if you ever take a, a kinetic consulting flat range, we'll use air quotes there, <laughs> flat range class, um, John will squeeze every degree of shooting ability out of every single range, which is something that I always love and appreciate. Like there is, uh, I would say you have a berm around your range where most people just see the back berm yeah. and they're like, that's what we shoot at. Yeah. John looks at everything. He's like, that berm is a back berm. Yeah. Just on the side. It, we could use it in all sorts of ways. Right. And, um, and so you get a ton of different angles and transitioning uh, from target to target and, and really stretches people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that's not always feasible for a lot of us that just want to go to a range on a Saturday and shoot. Most of the time there's the rules that, you know, bullets all go that direction. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's one of the things with, you know, like your classes that I've always appreciated is, is you you think as much outside the box as mm-hmm. the range that you're at will will allow. Yeah, to um, the limitations. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's always done in a safe manner. Mm-hmm. Always, um, you know. But when you when you start looking at your schedule or planning out the year, like what what's the what are the classes that you just like truly like love teaching the most? Um, it's hard to say because if I don't like teaching it, I just don't teach yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, most of the time, anything that's like uh, tactics based is fun, but I think the, the foundational stuff in the mechanics courses that I teach are what, what like get me excited Yeah. because what, what that does is it, it starts to set the groundwork or the, the like foundation, um, of somebody's shooting ability and get them thinking differently where, you know, the, the old concepts of, you know, how we pull a trigger or how we hold a gun or all this other shenanigans, like you, you actually, you learn them for yourself and start to self-diagnose in that class to the point that like, you don't need me anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and that, at that point, like, well, that's the goal of a teacher is to teach you to the point that you don't need them. Yeah. And it's not like the best business plan, but like it works really well to help students get better. And if they can do that, that means they can go off and practice and then they can practice to the point where they're ready to go and push themselves to something that's more on, on the tactics side of things or starting to th- think even outside the range and scenario-based force-on-force stuff or whatever you, you kind of like want to get yourself into. But, but to, to start off, if you start with a really crap foundation, you're probably going to end up with really crap uh, outputs at the end when you try to go take some of these higher level or m- not really advanced, but like they, there's more stuff stacked on top of yeah. fu- fundamentals. When, it, when you're trying to add thinking to fundamentals, that's right. where everything usually starts to, to break. Uh, to an extent, right? Yeah. Like if, if we haven't made uh, certain skills um, subconscious to a certain extent or some skills uh, automagic, right? And like they just happen. Um, if we don't get to that point, then you're you're kind of missing out on the other things that you're going to have to learn in the next yeah. next iteration. So, and I see that a lot. Um, uh, some of the ta- some of, some of the classes I teach, um, I have I have one called weaponized geometry, which 
takes you from the flat range with a handgun to you know a structure working tactics principles and stuff and um and that's the one i see the most people that are like man i should have taken a pistol class prior to this or man i wish i worked on my pistol skills prior to this and that's usually their feedback at the end Mm -hmm. of the day and it's like yeah like all of us need more work like literally all of us but uh if you don't put in that work that's a good class to like well eye open right to a certain extent but they they spent their time getting told what they already knew yeah which is that they suck and they need to do better right and and if they don't or if you don't then you kind of you're you're not wasting time and money but you kind of are at the same time so it's it's always helpful when when you can get those those eyes opened but it's even better when you come prepared right because then you can juice everything out of that class that you can so it's little things like that what do you usually tell people to expect coming to one of your classes uh, and well, then I'll give the real answer after you get yours. <laughs> expect not to eat very much unless you eat while I'm talking. True. Um, we just did a video and talking about how you should put snacks in your dump pouches. Yeah. <laughs> no lunch break. No lunch break. No lunch break. Um, and, and, and you have reason. Yeah, there's, I, there's, there's too much stuff I want to teach. Yeah. Um, I want to give you all my time versus some of my time. And you guys spend the other some of my time with yourself. Um, but uh, I think... Uh, one of the big things that people can come to expect is that it, I'm going to try and build a fun environment that you're going to constantly be learning all day. Yeah. And if you're not learning from me, you're learning about like yourself through you, right? Because you're going to be experiencing certain things where you're like, oh my gosh, I never even thought of it that way. Or, oh my gosh, I do that and I didn't know I did that. So it's it's kind of cool. It's a, it's a really good experience in that way, I think. Um, and a lot of people usually get what what is like their their uh thought process changed like i've had a lot of law enforcement classes that they're like i wish i knew this 20 years ago mm-hmm. or i wish somebody would have told me about this or this style or this this stuff because this would have changed the way that i went about my future or the younger cops it's like man this this is actually making me want to go out and compete or go train or go shoot on my own even and get better at certain things because I, I feel challenged and it's fun versus challenged and heartbreaking or yeah. frustrating. So those are the things I usually see, at least in class. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll tell you, like, this man stays in shape during his classes, literally like running sideline to sideline. Um, you know, you'll, have, you'll have 16, 18 shooters on the line. Usually and it's like And it's like John's always behind you. You're like, but there's 15 other people here. I see you. He sees everything, <laughs> um, and and it's it's one of those things where, you know, you you feel like you're always getting attention, which mm-hmm. I think is fantastic. And and it's one of those things where, like, I, because I've seen it multiple times, it's very seldom that somebody makes more than one bad rep, yeah, without you trying to help them fix it you know it's not one of those things where the guy was like i just shot 80 rounds like that and you were like oh my bad you know like (laughs) like he's just there um and that's something that that every time i take one of your class i'm like he's always looking he's never looking over my shoulder because he can't see over my shoulder but he pretty much can i just look under his arm that's right (laughs) he's like he sees it from a different angle um you know and 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 it's one of those things where when you take when you take a class with duffy it's it's quasi uh drinking from a fire hose 
but I try to tell people it's more like drinking Kool-Aid from a fire hose. You're like, oh, this is good. It's not just water blasting you. You're like, oh, this is good. It's watermelon flavor. That's right. That's right. Um, with a little bit of extra sugar in it, you know? Um, Georgia style. And, and you know, uh, there's so many there's so many fantastic instructors out there. And I would say guys like you and, and Will Petty, guys that are able to bring humor and, and real life, I would say, into... <laughs> training a very serious topic you know um uh we're not playing with the rubik's cubes you know and those are harder right they are they so are <laughs> my son brought one to me the other day he's like can you do it and i was like nope and i just handed it right back to him <laughs> didn't even try i can i'll peel off the <laughs> <laughs> so you know and 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 it's one of those things where i've come to learn like if you're ready for a, a duffy class like when you step on the range like you better be ready not like we're gonna have two hours of warm-up yeah there's no warm-up and then we'll get into it <laughs> it's like and round one yeah. like we're going for it and and i think that's something that's that's awesome to see and, and i i love it you know uh it catches a couple people off guard mm-hmm. i think from time to time but the second time they take a class like have your mags loaded yeah and let's rock and roll I think I think the pace of the class is something that that throws people off because they're not used to it. Right. They're they're used to um, all right. We're going to take fifteen minutes and sit around and get tired sitting down in between runs and stuff. And like um, you remember, I loading mags while I'm telling you guys to load mags, and yeah. then it's like drink water because if you die, it's a safety violation. You got to go home. Right. And uh, and let's go. And no refunds. Let's, no refunds. No refunds. No refunds. But uh, but no we. we get back on the line and let's shoot. Yeah. And, um, and some people, I think, uh, I think even in that class that you were in, cause you were in, uh, the one with those two lawyers or three lawyers yeah. that were in it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, one of them was like, Hey, my gun is getting too hot. I'm like, hold it looser ish maybe. Right. But don't, don't mess it up. Uh, you know, <laughs> like it's going to get hot. It's, that's what they're made to do yeah. essentially. Um, but people aren't used to that. They're used to, Hey, like we're going to have like 10 minutes to sit down and, and cool off and stuff. It's, that's a waste of time. What would you say are like the couple, two or three biggest things that you see people that say they're ready for your class. But then when, just when you see them like get ready first time on the line, you're like, you're not ready. Mm. First couple things. I Like see I try to tell people all the time, like if, if an instructor says like, Hey, you need a mag in your gun and three extra mags try to bring six and load them all. Yeah. Like I can't stand when people like get there and they're like, I got to load mags. I'm yeah. like, come on, bro. Uh, you know, like, so loading mags before class is definitely an important part. And, um, but I've seen some people start classes with like, Hey, make sure you have a five round mag to start. Right. And so things like that, but you can download faster than you can upload yeah. mags. So kind of helps. But, um, but in, in class I see pretty often, uh, at the beginning of the day, um, most people's cold skills are a big thing that kind of showcase a lot of stuff for me. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like doing on-demand skills like right off the bat and, and forcing them into that slightly stressful environment, but also um, very easy, like nothing nothing out of this world. But uh, but it, it causes a lot of stressors. And right off the bat, you can see who's, who's comfortable under stress, who's not, um, who's used to shooting slow and by themselves and stuff like that. The other thing is like uh, pre-checks to their stuff, you know, checking, making sure their dot is bright enough or that there's batteries in their stuff yeah. or they, you know, they actually loaded their gun, things like that, like pre, 
pre-stage things or pre-mission things, depending on how you're, you're contextually looking at it. Uh, very important, and people miss out on that. And then the last one is just like thinking they're ready, uh, falling into, un, into like Dunning-Kruger, right? Like, like thinking they're more ready than they actually are. And instead of being humble about it or, or more humble about their, their preparedness, their, their, more, their ego comes in and kind of like, you could do it, man. And yeah. like on, on their shoulders and they're like, yeah, I could do anything. I got this. And you're like, man, no, you can't. Not yet. Right. You got to get there. So um, most people don't go into the gym. And they're like, man, I'm going to, I'm, I'm benching 250 or I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm benching 450 today. Right. Like nobody's going to do that unless they've worked their way to that point. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, but, but people in the farms industry, they look at it like, you know what? I'm shooting faster than John right now. Like right now I'm going to do it. And then they, they fumble everything because they haven't worked up to that point. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Like all of us sucked at some point. Everybody here has been a 10 inch shooter or 40 inch shooter, you know, right. like everybody sucked at some point, but you literally have the rest of your life to like fix it however long that is so like it's up to you to like do those things like you can't like buy skill in a can and drink it you know you can you crap yeah ain't happening you can you can get maybe some some extra hours of of spiciness out of yourself but other than that you're not getting much yeah. you know but like you can't you can't buy skill so you have to take the time you have to put it in and most people don't realize how much effort that takes um not only is it time the most valuable thing we we have uh and we lose every second but it's also like there has to be some form of passion involved some deliberate stuff like deliberate practice and thought process you almost have to like go to sleep thinking about it to to get even better yeah. you know at certain points so it's a it's a very um stringent thing but if just like anything else the more time you put into it the the easier and easier it'll get but it's time and I think that's the biggest thing that most people, they, they try everything they can to cut, cut as many steps mm-hmm. as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and along that, like you said, they usually cut the foundations first because it's just yeah. it's not the sexiest It part. seems easy because right. they do it with no pressure. And then, and then when they realize, well, everybody realizes at some point yeah. when they get further into their little training lifestyle or they start maturing as a shooter in some form or fashion that it, all the shooting is just fundamental. Right. It really is. And people say it all the time, but most people don't listen to it, but it's, it's really fundamental. Like if, if you, if you took the time, you know, at whatever speed you want to shoot, as long as you don't move the gun and you pull the trigger in the right direction, like it's probably going to hit what you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but there's, there's little nuances that you have to establish before that. So, all right. So before we move on, mm-hmm. uh, if anybody ever wants to take a kinetic consulting class and you think you can shoot red dot pistols really well, uh, wait until John hands you a piece of painter's tape, uh, and we'll move on from there. <laughs> so, uh, all right. We've talked about the training side of kinetic consulting. Let's talk about the product side okay. that you've been introducing to the world over the last year or so. Uh, yeah, and, two years uh, or so. and some of the products that, that you've come out with. So, um, you know, for those that, that dabble and tinker and work in the, in the night vision field, you have your nerd, mm-hmm. which stands for, and he has an acronym for everything folks. So, <laughs> so we'll go through these as we go here, but they're words. They're so words, they're acronym words. So your nerd is a what? Uh, and night vision elastic retention device. 
So it's that's pretty nerdy. It's nerdy. But um, but what what the nerd is 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 essentially Velcro and some elastic shock cord. But the the way I used to um, use lanyards in the army was you know the Wilcox one that looks like a yep. janitor's keychain. And, uh, and that if your night vision got knocked off or you accidentally hit the button and unplugged it, like, and she's falling down, like it almost becomes just a pendulum to fly into your face. Right. Um, very uncomfortable, um, <laughs> very not worthy. And a lot of guys just ended up doing 550 cord and a carabiner, but it doesn't do anything to like extra other than mm-hmm. retain it if it falls, which is what most people want. Um, but the nerd, what it does, because you could put some tension into it, is also starts to remove some of that wobble that a lot of us get because of the shroud to mount uh, surface is yeah. uneven or the mount to night vision dovetail is slightly wobbly. Or both. Or both, right? So it takes away a little bit of that and, and gives you a little bit easier time kind of running or walking yeah. with night vision on because if you want to move faster, you kind of have to see. So it's a little harder to if it's bouncing around too and, much. And if any of you are, are confused by what we're talking about, so if you have any like dual tubes, VVS-14, um, you run the the tether portion, uh, the, the elastic tether portion, around it, secure it to your night vision. And then the, the, the Velcro part goes, you know, most of us have Velcro on our helmets, mm-hmm. the hook part or loop part. And, um, and then you can kind of tension it up. So I've ran it for, mm-hmm. for a long time and, and you are right. You know, there's a lot of tethers out there, but a tether is just, it's going to dangle yeah. and it usually comes, comes right back into your, your face. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because for those that don't know, like John and I were on the phone the other night until like 10, 1030, just like nerding out over products on a, on a weekend night, weekend, weekend? weeknight. I think it was Friday. Friday night. night. Yeah, That's so. how awesome John and I are. Yeah. Friday night at 10 o'clock. <laughs> we're literally discussing party animals. <laughs> we're literally discussing fabric and, um, Velcro, Velcro. Um, so, you know, it's 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 one of those things. I have a passion for for items and and trying to make a simple approach to fixes. You mm-hmm. know, that's that's what I've always uh, leaned to John for. It's like you're never going to get this. Like, not that you're dumb in any way, but this like uber complex. Like, all I need is that. It's like, nah. how can we make this as easy as possible? Yeah, and and it still be extremely effective. Well, like a. Uh they they say like a what is it beauties and simplicity or something yeah. like that um so i i think i think simple things are usually cleaner it's easier to maintain not a lot of uh like shenanigans all over it so that's that's why most of the things are like that so that's the nerd let's mm-hmm. talk about your, your so next product the next one was the lola yep. um and that was the light on lid attachment and uh lola was a it's a velcro mount that was 3d printed so that you can attach a pistol light to it or anything with really picatinny rail uh, or pick um and rotate it up 45 degrees straight or down and you could use it for a myriad of things but most of the time it was meant for a helmet uh to be like to attach an actual light to it versus just an admin light those little tiny ones from like princeton tech um and uh and then theorem uh, Andrew over there saw it, loved it, was like, man, I don't know why I never thought of this. Um, can I steal this idea from you and make 
make it with their very arc and just recently it came out um the very arc vs um and it is a fully rotating 360 degrees a right. couple different angles um if you want to know about more about those you can look on i my youtube channel i made a video on them um but the lola now is uh has upgraded to that so we've we've discontinued the lola but it's still i think i still have like one left <laughs> so but uh but she was a cool little product to play with yeah and it's it's one of those things i've actually i've used one quite a bit and uh more than just tactical mm-hmm. applications, you know, it allows you to, you know, do an umbrella lighting, mm-hmm. um, which means pointing it to the ceiling so you're not blinding the person that you're about to talk to. Yeah. Um, I, I loved it for going hog hunting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at night where we're trekking through the woods trying to find something that's nasty and I want to see things that don't have legs. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to have more than, like you said, like just a little Princeton utility, you know, yeah. admin light. Uh, and you want to still have your hands free or you're still carrying your rifle or yeah. something. Um, so it was nice to to be able to turn your head it's and, also, and always have vision. Also for like, um, I, I thought about it for like ATVs or, mm-hmm. or dirt bikes and stuff. When people drive them under night vision, you can turn on the IR headlight or head on, on your light. And now you can actually see around you versus only where the, where the handlebars, the or whatever. handlebars yeah. are facing. So uh, really useful for a lot of those kind of guys that are doing things like that. Um, I also had a lot of teams buy them for uh, boats, right? So for maritime teams, because they can shine light and still be doing certain things mm-hmm. and not pointing their guns at people, but putting a lot of light on on other problems. So it's actually a really useful tool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's cool that Andrew took it on as like, like, you know what? Can I make its younger cousin? Like, right. <laughs> so it was kind of cool. So, um, so Lola got discontinued, and now it's a very arc VS. And then the next product was the dump pouch. Dump pouch. I knew it. So the dump pouch, um, which there's three variations to it. Uh, one is ripstop. One is Cordura, and the other one is a mini Cordura. And uh, they all are based around not the normal dump pouch thought process. So most people think a dump pouch and it's just like this puffy thing and then you pull it out and then it opens up a bag that's on your belt, but it takes up space on your belt. So I didn't want it to because I don't have a lot of space in my belt. So what I ended up doing was trying to figure out a way of placing it behind mags or your mag pouches or any real pouch that you put up there. So um, essentially made a panel um, and Flatline made me or helped me make it pretty because the way I did it was terrible and it looked right. ugly as hell. But uh, but we put slits in it to the point that now it can be anything can route right through it and connect to your belt. So now it dangles underneath a mag pouch or underneath a med pouch. Um, I've actually had a lot of med guys use it underneath their med pouch because now it can it can be kind of like a garbage can mm-hmm. or like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know where to put this. Just throw it in there kind of thing. So really useful on the range. It's fun to, to have because you can use it for a ton of different things, snacks, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But the um, the inside of the larger versions all have elastic pouches inside of them. So you can carry extra mags, bangers, smoke, all sorts of stuff. And the large ones are big enough for gas masks too. So like guys that are like, I don't want to carry a gas mask bag because I saw it plenty when I whenever I teach a SWAT school or or any of those kind of things. You see the SWAT students, they have these big bags on yep. their backs. It's like you can't sit. Or they're trying to make it a fanny pack or, yeah, some, or something. additional. Yeah. And it, it's not it's not a bad choice, yep. but it's 
it's not optimal in my opinion, but if I'm going to use a gas mask, I just open up my dump pouch and I throw my gas mask in there until I put it on. Yeah. When I put it on, I can fold it up or use it for something else. So it just becomes really versatile, uh, something that does a lot with very little space. Yeah. I actually took a class with some SWAT guys saying that, and they got to the point where they all agreed they were all going to run the next drill with their masks off mm -hmm. and then put them on to run the drill. And they all had like a fanny pack clip on, and you could kind of see all three of them at the same time. Like, no matter where we put this, it's covering something on our belt. On your belt, yeah. And it was one of those things where they, like, they learned right then and there, like, all right, we need to rethink this. Mm -hmm. So so that's that's pretty cool to see. So, yeah, and, and I... I have the Cordero. No, I have the Ripstop one, mm -hmm. and I have a Mini. Um, I think I prefer the Mini. I like the Mini a lot. I think I prefer the Mini. Yeah. Um, so then after that, you have the Mate. The Mate. So the Mate is the Mall and Torch Extender. It's a, it's a replacement for the Mall. The B Myers Mall has a claw at the bottom of it that hooks onto the Picatinny rail. And that claw, if unscrewed and the little C-clamp is pulled off of it, yep you can actually, uh, or the mate goes on there and replaces it. And it's an extended version of that that has a bar on it that you can attach a light to. So now your mall and your light become one piece. Yep. So for those that uh, you know don't need a billion different mounts in their life, or they move their mall from rifle to rifle because yep. they're like, man, I can only buy one of these because budget things, then they can move it around. Or people that have weird guns. You know, like the SIG MCXs and or like even a SCAR. Mm. Like some of the rails aren't like really... They're just not optimized. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's not optimal sometimes to have them that way. So having it dangle off the mall gives you that ability to kind of move it around and also not have to use anything else. Yeah. So really useful in my opinion. Yeah, I run... I run it's like you should be paying me to run all your Probably. stuff at this point. But I love the mate on mine because it's... It's also two less screws that I usually have to worry about backing loose. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you don't think anything's going to come loose on your gun, just wait until it gets dark. Yeah. <laughs> and then everything comes loose. Um, but I love the fact that, you know, it integrates the mount um, into into the mall itself. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's great because I have one whole setup you saw today where I can literally, like if somebody's going to go take a class with me, I can just be like, here. here. And yeah. no matter what, I know it's going to fit on their rifle, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, unless Allie needs to use it, then I got to flip it all left-handed and. Yeah, but it's, it's uh, ambidextrous. But it's ambidextrous. Yeah, hey, so it look at that Segway sales pitch <laughs> there. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's become. I think that's becoming my favorite product that you've made. Um, that's pretty cool. It's and, one of my more nerdy ones. And then the one that just released this week. Yeah. So on on Friday, no, last week. Last week. On Friday, the pimp came out. Yeah. And the pimp is a practical individual medical pouch. And um, the pimp is is like me and, and Chad from Flatline Fiber Co. Uh, talked about it. And we were like, man, it'd be cool to have a, an actual med pouch that works. Yeah. And so we went through different like versions that we liked and stuff. And I think we went through almost 10 iterations of modifying this thing to the point that it, where it is now uh, produced. And um, we found that like, the more minimal that we can make it to fit all the IFAC materials that we needed uh, and keep it as slim as possible was what we wanted because people are going to wear them on their belts. Yep. So that's pretty much what we did. And it, it consists of like an outer portion that stays on your belt and then an inner portion that slips out uh, e either way. The inner portion could also be tethered to the outer portion so you don't lose it. Um, it could also be when it pulls out, there's a space for your shears 
like almost like a scabbard mm-hmm. on the back end. So it'll hold all that plus your gloves for your uh, for your, like medical nitrile gloves and stuff, and all of that in one little package. So it's uh, it's a very simple design. Nothing nothing out outrageously like oh my gosh, they made plastic and folded this and right. no, nothing wild. But the features it has and how small it is, I think, is what stands apart. The from execution others. of it is phenomenal it, and, it, and the tourniquet the holder also the little tourniquet yeah. holder that comes or, or that you can buy with it um utilizes the same uh i guess panel that we made for the dump pouch mm-hmm. so you can put that anywhere you want you don't have to keep it with the med pouch yeah so yeah and useful. when you were it's one of the things that that i see all the time because we're, we're around each other quite a is you're always running your stuff you're always doing T and E. It's not like you had a great idea and you're like, it'll be to market next week. Um, like we were even looking at something today that really nobody has, has seen. Yeah. And, um, I didn't give anything away there. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, and you know, but that's something that, that I think a lot of people don't understand. Uh, you know, I have a couple products coming out this year and it's literally been in the works for over a year. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, and it's one of those things where you can see when you get kinetic consulting products, like you can see that it's it's been tested and it's been it's been refined, even yeah. you know, um, and that's something that that I've I always appreciate seeing in your in your products, and uh, you know, and like you said, I mean, it, it sounds like a simple medical pouch. Uh, but the execution on it, I think, is is fantastic, yeah. and and that that's when you start to realize like the little thoughts that were put into certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, just watching some of your videos with with how to attach like 550 cord to it to make larger pull handles, and I mean, there's other products where you're just like, no, you don't get a larger pull handle. Yeah, if you, you get want what one, you get. you get what you get. You know, <laughs> put tape um, on it. <laughs> but but the ability for people to to kind of customize it mm-hmm. to their specific need or wants even um is is something that i was like yeah that's 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 it right yeah. there it makes it easier to um the pouch could also be like adapted to different things too like the it's not like molly straps on the back end that you're like right. stuck to because it's one wrap you can molly it you can stick it to a bag it can be routed on a strap of some sort you can you can literally Velcro it to the back of your you know, car seat. You mm-hmm. can adapt it to your visor in your car. Like, there's so many ways to use it. Um, the little tiny diaper that's on the inside that kind of holds everything in, um, it could easily be also taken. You can take like five, six of those and put them in like an active shooter kit right. and have individual little blowout kits essentially yeah. or IFACs. So that's it's actually a, how I have my kit in my, my truck. Nice. The big bag is kind of mine, has everything out easy to get to, tourniquet yeah. and things like that. Then the end bag is three small bags. Uh, so that's, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. The the inside pouch also, if compressed enough, mm-hmm. it'll fit in a mag pouch, like a double AR mag like a pouch. Like a taco or something, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so like for people's placards and stuff. It's it's actually really cool how it turned out. And Chad, the one that, that does like Flatline Fiberco, uh, that did all the sewing and and most of the most of the hard work really on mm. me i was like i kind of want this and he was like okay and then like worked on it yeah 
he does an amazing job and like most of his products are really nice and refined so it's it's really cool working with him he's he makes all my nylon products or or my fabric soft goods whatever you want to call them and um and they're they all turn out awesome mm-hmm. so he's he's good people i like him a lot so we we've taken the uh, the world of training and the world of products what's going on in the world of john this year what are you looking forward to this year uh so i've, I've only taken five classes so far this year only it's april 1st folks yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, that's true. Only. Um, so, so I have a couple more that I want to, I want to actually get to. And then, um, and then I have a couple more products. I don't know if they're going to come out this year, but I'm still playing around with them, seeing mm-hmm. like what, what I like, what I don't like, uh, what can I modify and change. But, uh, other than that, we have, uh, my signature rifle coming. Um, so, and that'll be, that'll be available through Firearms Depot, uh, hopefully in the near future and um or currently at the time of this thing i don't know you want to talk about it uh, yeah sure let's so, talk about it so i'm excited uh, about this so uh my cobalt kinetics rifle uh codenamed bear claw um and <laughs> and it's it's uh, essentially my 11.5 that i've been using for a little over a year now yeah it's a a barrel from roscoe that i've been uh, essentially like i still have the prototype one of them out of the four that i was testing um, and it is still keeping, uh, sub minute groups at a hundred yards with good ammo and it has almost 19,000 rounds through it. So it's, it's withstanding more than I expected it to, which is really cool. And, and because I've put so much time into it, it's cool to put it into a rifle that I like a lot yeah. so that now it can be a one package deal for somebody that wants to purchase one. So the, the Cobalt Kinetics 11.5 or their CK Pro um, and with my Roscoe manufacturing K9 barrel, which is really excited. So it, it'll essentially come exactly like I like to use my guns. Yeah. It, it's not going to come essentially. It is the gun that he uses. Yeah. I mean, Huxorks uh break that cobalt kinetics made mm-hmm. um rbc which, HX. hx yeah all the acronyms all, all of them don't <laughs> ask us what they stand for we know the hx stands for hux works yeah um you know to to the proprietary buffer system or to the proprietary gas system you want to talk about that a little bit so so the patrol length gas system on the the k9 barrel um it's a little shorter than mid-length a mm-hmm. little longer than carbine uh gives you uh, just a really smooth shooting rifle. Um, I think you shot mine yep. at a night yep. op summit yep. and, uh, it, it, for whatever reason, it just shoots super good. Yep. So the, the port sizes that we tested out, like, well, I tested out, I, I did, I had four barrels with different port sizes to kind of like play with and, uh, finally settled on one of them that was doing really well, unsuppressed, suppressed, overgassed, like with a bad yep. suppressor surefire um and <laughs> and then sorry there's a squeaky wheel there <clears throat> and then uh and then i also tested it with simunitions fx and utms because yeah. i wanted to to work with any of them right so well, you didn't want a single shot ar no with utms i've had that before yeah um and it didn't really like it uh but it it was one of those things i wanted it to work with everything because i use everything yeah. right i shoot all these different things and i'm always testing different things um, taking different classes. So I always want to play and I want things to work. So I've had plenty of rifles that are like, mm, that one doesn't like UTM. So I literally write on the side of the rifle, no UTM because it does not shoot it or it doesn't cycle properly. So I wanted something that'll do that, all of that and still keep super tight groups. Right. 
to the point that I've, I took it out um, last summer. I took it out to, or last, last year in the summer, I took it out to 850, uh, 850 meters um, in southern Georgia. And it was easy pickings. It was really cool to put 10 for 10 on a C-sized zone steel, which yeah. isn't magnificent if we're talking precision rifle stuff. But for an 11.5, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. I was very, very happy. What made you settle on the 11.5? Uh, a little bit longer than 10.5, which gives me one the the option to go to a patrol length uh, gas system. Mm-hmm. Also, a little bit more length for my hand on the handguard because you can get a little longer. Um, and then it wasn't a 12.5, which there's plenty of those mm-hmm. out there. And then we didn't go any further than that because like then we're just getting into a longer gun. Yeah. So I wanted to keep it as short as I could using the longest gas system I could with the most reliability and the most accuracy I could. And I think, I think it accomplishes it pretty good. I mean, this thing has your touches all over it. I won't give them all away, uh, but it has your two tone, uh, upper lower with, with your logo on it, which was by accident, which was by accident. And then it became a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and a couple Easter eggs on it, which I won't give away Mm -hmm. just yet. Um, Geisley trigger. Mm -hmm. And then moving back to, you know, the rest of the heart and soul, and that's the A5. The uh, A5-CK CK buffer system. From from Cobalt Kinetics. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's talk about that a little bit. Because so, you and I have both been running it in most of our rifles at this point. I mean, Yeah, even my not Cobalt yeah, Kinetic rifles yeah. have it. So, I mean, and I, and I run it in 223. Mm-hmm. I've ran it in 300 Blackout. I've ran it in 6 Arc. Yeah, um, 308. It works. Yeah. Like, it's it's a really solid buffer system. So they, they took the Voltor A5 system, which is... hopefully widely known at this point to be like very optimal for for most of your carbines um or rifles in general and they took that and added this small dimple on the on the front end of that buffer yeah it's almost like a like you just excited the buffer a little bit right and it's pitching a tent yep and that portion actually goes into the back of their bulk carrier which is like cut perfectly or optimized for that so that it doesn't sit there like a perfect wedge or anything like it doesn't connect but it sits there where it gives you very little movement and almost allows the gun to cycle without uh, without causing undue recoil undue movement into the system it works really really well so it comes in all the weights that you'd want so you can kind of tune it a little bit and uh and hopefully soon Cobalt's going to be coming out with another thing that'll help you tune your system a little better without having to mess with gases. Yeah. Because that's when you start messing with gases, then you start really screwing with shit. Yeah. And, 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 you know, when I, when I shot your gun, uh, I mean, I've shot most everything, mm-hmm. uh, and, and not just Cobalt's, uh, you know, I've shot a Sons of Liberty gun quite mm-hmm. a bit last summer, um, tinkering around with a lot of stuff for a project that, that we're working on, um, that you got to see before I did. I was so upset about that. I got that. to rub it all over me. I was so upset about that. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's the thing that I made that John got to see first. Uh, but uh, but it equaled out because I got to see your years before you did. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's you know it's one of those things where I think a lot of people underestimate the ability of 11.5 mm-hmm. um, and kind of downplay it. They're like, it's a CQB and CQB only. Like, like they think of it as like a, a nine mil pistol, like fifty yards and in. Yeah, you know, and it's like, dude, no, you get you got way more juice to squeeze out of that. Yeah, and um, I think I think the reason for it is one, the internet. 
Um, two is because people don't try it for themselves. Right. Like if you tell me something like a, like a limitation on something, it's like, is it truly a limitation or is it that just your perception or your experience with it? Yeah. Like you haven't taken your, you know, seven, five, 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 six gun out to 200 yards or 700 yards or 900 yards mm-hmm. or tried, you know, and, and if you got to put a obnoxiously large scope on there just to see like, why not? Just to see like, what, what is it that you can actually do with it? Where, um, or some people just don't care, but, uh, but regurgitation of false information like that is where most of us, um, hear all these like weird things that pop up in this industry. And it's like, man, like that's because prove it, prove it, like, like (laughs) show me, you know, and, and, and usually they can't, or they refer to some guy on the internet that said it too. And you're like, oh, okay. So you'll take his word for it, but you won't try it for yourself. Yeah. And um, and I think that's a that's a yucky part of like us as humans uh, in this in this kind of in this industry here, because the ones that want to try things and like stretch things out and uh, figure things out for themselves are the ones that like discover the most and learn the most from what they're doing, versus the ones that just take people's words for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and we're both really really excited about this cobalt uh, exclusive coming to to firearms depot and and i think it's going to be received really well and uh it's such a fun ride like i can't wait to get mine mm-hmm. um i already dibbed one on the po it's <laughs> like dibs uh so all right before i let you go mm-hmm. everybody goes through the lightning round lightning. are you ready for this sure i'm gonna ask you questions oh quick answers we'll you see. ready yeah you ready coke or pepsi neither Wow. Yeah, I don't do soda. Wow. Hamburgers or hot dogs? Both. Both? You can have both. But if you had to pick one? Uh, hamburger. Hamburger? All right. Glocks or SIGs as far as pistols? Glocks for now. Yeah? But I've, I've been dabbling with SIG. All right. A lot. Don't let the baby out yet. Mm-mm. No. Um, you like shooting more in the day or night? Uh, usually at night. Yeah? It's more fun for me. If you're If you're going to go hunting, what are you hunting for? Uh, usually, uh, pest animals like boar, beavers, coyotes, things like that. Pesty things. If you could have one vehicle, dream vehicle, what is it? I think it would be like my previous dream vehicle, an Audi S4. There we go. Still my favorite. There we go. And that's it. John Dufresne. As always, bud. It was super fun. I appreciate it, guys. And uh, if you like this podcast, make sure you subscribe and always hit that like button. It really helps us out. And uh, if you got any questions for John, feel free to leave them below and uh, we'll get around to them as soon as we can. So I hope you guys have a great one. See ya.